The journey following mastectomy can be a very vulnerable one for those recovering from breast cancer. The role of self-care can help in the healing on a subtle and physical level. Join Deanna in a very special conversation about ways to care for the chest tissue after surgery and how to help tissue to mend while reducing scars and restoring vitality to the area. I am so glad that you all turned in. I have been wanting to have this class and share this information with you for years. Deanna is a renowned Ayurvedic practitioner and a dear friend of mine who was really instrumental in my healing and going, well, kind of through a lot of my life. I mean, she, we've been friends and she's been one of my main health practitioners for a couple decades now, really. And 21 years, Molly. I know. <laughs> and so when I was diagnosed with cancer, she was one of the first people that I called and went to. And her advice has just always been incredibly helpful and valuable to me. And the knowledge that she carries and shares so freely helps a lot of people. And one of the things I love most about her is that she so openly shares this information and, and it's really about empowering the person. She carries this knowledge and she's like, oh, you shouldn't do this, or you definitely should do this. She's like, check this out. What if you tried this a little bit more? What if you just tried to incorporate this one practice into your life that might help your lymph move more or something else? And she just makes it very doable and in reach. And so that is something that I appreciate so much about Deanna. And <laughs> so I'm just so glad that we get to share this information with you. Yeah, and this is one class that I am not taking any money for. Yeah. So it will always be free. There's other things I can do, but this one I think just belongs to everybody. And everybody has the right to know how to break down scar tissue and take care of themselves and feel good about touching their body. So that's priceless. Just the concept <laughs> itself. Just want you to know that if you are on the screen, you're representing that empowerment. And I thank you for that. All right. So you want to, yep. Shall I jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Jump in the river. Yes. Well, in Ayurveda, there is a very strong emphasis on the lymphatic system in the body. And it is called the river of life, rasa, R-E-S-A. So Rasa, the river of life. And one thing that a lot of people don't know that you may have figured out through your journey with an immune situation is the immune system and the lymphatic system are the same system, but it has two names. Just like there's an immune response and there's also inflammatory response. And they're the same thing with two names. I like to say immune inflammatory response because inflammatory inflamed is what we call pitta, hot, flamed is hot. So we know that that means, wow, okay, I'm inflamed and that means I'm hot. And so in Ayurved, there's some really baseline things like this river needs to be flowing. That's why they call it Rasa, the river of life. And I'll explain it a little bit, the lymphatic system, but it needs to be flowing. And there's things that a river needs to be flowing. And then there are all these ideas on reading your symptoms. When are you too hot? When are you too cold? When are you too dry? When are you too wet? Water and earth make mud. So wet is when things are a little too muddy or stagnant. Dry is depletion or your, when we say, you know, my nerves are shot. 
that's going to be dry, depletion, or taxed. Hot is flared, it's inflamed, and it's a big part about how this river talks when something is trying to get addressed, whether that be digesting a cell or a worm <laughs> or a bacteria on your food, doesn't matter if it's foreign, if it's a foreign invader, your body's job is to give you sirens and flare a little and give you these symptoms that then really tell you that there's too much hot in the body. And so these are the things that just are how the river flows. We don't want it to get too flooded and muddy and stagnant, and we don't want it to get too hot and flared, or we don't want it to get too depleted and like a dry riverbed. And we also don't want it to get too cold and brittle and stiff. And these are all the ways that they look at everything because we're elementally designed, you know, we have ether, air, fire, water, earth, and that makes up our four seasons. We have five elements that make up four seasons and those seasons are cold, dry, hot, wet, ether, air, fire, water, earth. And we represent the same exact way as nature. Like we are just mimicking the same exact thing, even the same amount of water to survive. You know, we need water too. And this is how the river flows. So in Ayurveda, we're always looking at the lymph, this immune river, because it meets the bloodstream. And then it feeds out to all the other tissues in your body. And we have seven tissues in our body. Those seven tissues, I'll say them, lymph, blood, muscle, skin, bones, nerves, reproductive. Okay. So our hormones and the juiciness of our reproductive systems are absolutely one of the tissues in the body. So lymph, blood, muscle, skin, bones, nerves, reproductive. And each tissue feeds each other, which means your immune system, your lymph river has to be flowing to meet your blood and make sure your blood is the right texture, the right pressure, the right volume. And then that feeds the muscles and then that feeds the skin and so on. So when something leaves the gut, it goes lymph to blood to muscle to skin. And that's just literally how we work. We're talking tissue physiology that has actually been proven medically also, even though they figured that out some, you know, 8,000 years ago. <laughs> you know, now it's been proven so we can trust it, which proof does help that. And that's one of the things I'm hoping to help you with and empower you with today, not just teach you everything about the limb, but just this opener of its importance. And like, really, I'm here to teach you about your tissues. And you may have tissues in your body that are really different than you knew them. And how do you learn to touch yourself and touch your tissues and feel when it's cold and brittle or too dry and rough and gravelly or ropey, or it's really hurt so you know there's inflammation, or you can't get the redness out of a certain scar and so you know that red is hot, so it's showing it's flared. Or you might have some stagnation or some puffiness or some areas, some pockets where a bunch of fluid is building up around a cold scar. And these are all the things that literally, this is how I'm gonna give it to you. We are pieces of meat. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know you just met me, but we are pieces of meat. Nobody likes to talk about the fact we're edible, but hello, we are <laughs> just like any other meat. 
And that meat can be buried and changed. It can be really dehydrated and you can put some hot water on some jerky and guess what? It's going to plump up a little bit. May not ever go back to exactly what it was, but it will get juicy. You can pound something just like you can do percussion with body work. We're working on our meat when we're doing all this. And we have the right to break up scar tissue that's bound up and gotten cold or to like break up the areas around a pocket so you can get that fluid to move. These are things our body knows how to do. You just may have a scar obstruction that is really changing the whole entire way your river flows in that area. And rivers talk. I do river restoration for a living, really. <laughs> it's just human rivers <laughs> that I'm doing restoration with. But there's so much more you can do than what's being told to you, perhaps, that you have the right to do. And the first place it's going to start is really going to be you touching yourself and assessing the truth of what's going on. If there's pain, you can move through it. And if you just start touching that pain, and going right to that productive pain and just being soft and gentle with yourself and breathing through that pain, you will be amazed how much that tissue will open up or you'll pump on an inflammation pain, a nerve that's really exposed and you push on it and you just pump and you pressure release it. And all of a sudden there's less pain. And then you can start asking yourself, where else am I in pain? Or where else do I not like the wave my tissue has healed or the way it looks from my history and how malleable can I make this? And how do I want to sculpt myself into who I want to be at moving from where you are now? It's kind of amazing how many people I have seen who have either had chosen top surgery, absolutely fine with me, but you could still get scars. And I want to make sure that if you really wanted to argument or change yourself, I want to make sure somebody heals well and doesn't make as much scar tissue, but I might be meeting you already having scar tissue. So the point would be, here's all these tools. So I'm a little further away than I usually am in this video, but I think it's okay because I really felt like it was important to have all the tools out and get you kind of comfortable. And I'm going to talk about things that like break up scar tissue tools or plants and how, what direction can you go to do that? Or like what could be going on if you have edema or lymphedema and you have like fluid that's building up in your tissues because it can't drain through. And so I just really wanted to make sure we have all our ideas out here and we can start realizing also, I'm going to go back to a little bit more lymph because it's what we touched. Lymph is everywhere. It's everywhere. So it's from the most gentle of strokes or the wind hitting your skin all the way through embedded into every one of your organs. So there's literally nowhere in the body where there is not lymphatic vessels and nodes. And there's tons of rivers feeding different streams. So even if you had some of your lymph nodes taken out, you really can open up other stream channels in the river and you can get that river to flow in a different direction. In my earlier days, you know, I've got a little rebellious streak, but in my earlier days, when really I look at it as being very naive and not really having as much understanding of people's crossroads and the decisions you have to make when you're at a crossroads, 
But I used to work with somebody who had some lymph nodes removed situation. And I'd just be like, oh, they took their immune system out. And I've been doing immune, by the way, I'm a lymphatic specialist. I started with HIV in the 80s and it's called an autoimmune disorder. And I hit on immune and lymph. And that was a whole nother group of people who I was like, everyone's avoiding them. They're not getting touched. This is horrible. You stop touching these people who are dying, like with an immune situation. And that's where my journey started 33 years ago, was in a little bit of a different situation. But what I really started learning was, wow, when one lymph node goes down or is not there anymore, it just reroutes itself as long as you open up the river. So you can't have a scar tissue obstruction in the river or it's all going to flood back. So like if you've got edema in your arm, upstream is the problem. Think river. So it may not be, yes, you can, I'll talk about going straight to scar tissue and what to do, but we are literally a river and everything drains right here below the clavicle. This is the drain where the lymph river meets the bloodstream. It's called your subclavian vein and your thymus gland hangs off that subclavian vein and your thymus gland is your innate immunity. It's like your immune gland that's collected everything you've ever fought or had a hard time fighting. You know, it's, it's an incredible memory bank that sits right at the heart chakra and it's connected to how your cells know how to stay in a really healthy state versus mutating. It's a big part of that. So the subclavian vein, this is the main lymph right here. And if this is not draining or the cluster of lymph nodes that are in your armpit that feed to this entire region about two inches under a nipple and all above is just this huge convergence into your bloodstream. And all of that has to be wide open. And if this is all wide open, then you can kind of say, okay, let me check my elbow. What's going on in here? We have lymph nodes in every little soft crevice. So think joints, think about armpits, think about your groin, your abdomen, and then you can start draining that. So this is such an important part of the body when it comes to the immune system. And then it's where everything is trying to drain and get digested by the liver and processed by the spleen. So our whole system goes like this. You have your immune river that meets your bloodstream, and then it goes to your liver. Your liver recycles it, or it manufactures new blood and immune support, or it dumps it to your excretory as a waste. Your liver does all those things when the blood meets there. Then the liver sends nutrients over to the spleen, your immune organ, very important organ, and it channels it back through the lymph. So it goes lymph, blood, liver, spleen, lymph, blood, liver, spleen. That is the most important thing to know in like, how are you going to get more juice in there? Or how are you going to get the inflammation out? And you really want to start with the drain. So first off, you can use your hands. So let's start just with the most basic, basic, basic thing. And let's just go in with like our hands and go in and nestle in. We always say go to the wall of your tissue. So like not just surface, but like sink in until you hit kind of a wall and then stay in there and just kind of rotate your fingers and feel around. And if you just found some pain, then there is inflammation that needs to be drained out of there and you can get yourself out of pain. 
You just got to be willing to meet it. You got to be willing to say, no, I can move this along and I'm going to breathe through it and I'm going to move it through. And you'll start feeling a change. You'll get empowered really quickly because, you know, it'll feel different. And then you can check the other side. This is our warrior lymph in our neck. So everything that might be kind of stuck up in the head or you can't get more nutrients up into the brain, all of this has to drain for all of your upper channels too to work. And somebody else might be feeling a little gravelly. So let me now introduce you, before we get too far into this class, we have to introduce you to the gua sha. Okay, so this is a gua sha. We make them out of wood. My students make these. My husband and I created wood gua sha's. Normally they're jade or carnelian, but you drop them, they break, you know, but they're wonderful. So we started making wood ones because they're kind of like a forever gua sha unless you lose it. And so what you do with this, and don't think you have to buy this from me, though I sell them. You could have a wooden spoon in your kitchen. <laughs> like it's just an edge. It's an edge that's not going to like break open your skin. It's a smooth edge. That's all you need. And you take it into that tissue and now you go in and it tells you more. So the thing about a gua sha, it's going to tell you more because it's a hard wall up against your tissue. So when it's kind of glunk, 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 and you're all, ah, you have to be all, oh, wait a minute. Let me get that nice and pink. No matter what color you are, we get warm and we glow when our blood is flowing. So anybody, even when I'm working with somebody who's like from Africa, I'm like, okay, you may not see as much of the actual pink, but they do pink up and they agree too. But I just look for that heat. And what if you can't turn pink? Well, then you know there's not enough lymph and there's not enough blood flow. So the goal becomes turn all nice and glowing from blood flow and you feel all warm and you're all showing the same color. And that's when you know that you just got your lymph in your blood to actually flow and dump into your liver and activate your immune system to help you. I think someone has a question. Yeah. Do you want to say something, Kathleen? I have lymphedema, so I'm wondering about the pressure that you're applying with this thing. I've been told it has to be a certain amount of pressure that's too heavy. You're making your lymphedema worse. And you're going back and forth, and I've been told it's like one direction, so you're kind of, it's already scaring me if you already have lymphedema. That's my own question. No, this is a great question. I love this question. So let me answer a couple of the things in there. First off, your lymph vessels have little two-way valves inside. So to build that blood flow and to get the river flowing, we go back and forth and we open and close those. And then whenever you're going to finish doing your lymph and go for the drainage, we always then move everything to the heart. So you want to do a little back and forth and then do the towards the heart. Yeah. So great question. And then the other thing too is with lymphedema, especially if it's chronic, there's a lot of pain. So you can't go deeper than meeting and breathing that pain. So there's a really important, but the cool thing is if you do say 20 minutes every day and get your skin warm, so either a bath or a shower, but get the skin warm because that's how things melt. And that's how things soften is through that warming. And you just do a little bit every day. And again, you're going to start here, open it up. Then you're going to need to go to the armpit and really work that. 
then you start working it from here and then you get down to that hand and to that other region. So this is really the premise of, of like how much, well, your tissue might be weak too. So you got to make sure there's oil on there. Or sometimes I tell people you might want to do it over clothes because clothes have a totally different kind of slip to it. And it gives just a slight bit of a buffer. Like what if you had a nice smooth shirt that just was a little bit thicker cotton and then you have just that little bit of a buffer. Cause sometimes we'll put a warm compress over somebody's chest or breast and we'll wash off and we'll drive the heat of that compress. So great thing for you all to be thinking of. My favorite little plan, I'm just gonna give it to you cause it's so good for just everything we're talking about. But if you take a bath, Hopefully you have one, you can do a shower and you do a salt scrub because that's how we just keep the lymph moving and you keep everything just flowing. But you have to turn pink, move on, turn pink, move on. So it ends up being a little bit of exercise, really. Then you soak in the tub and then take a towel you really don't care that much about. Put your, I don't know why more people don't do this. I put a towel in my tub. And then when I lay down in my tub, I take the towel and I lay it over me and it keeps you all nice and warm and cozy in there. Then you can gua sha if you have like nerves that are really sensitive or you've got edema that's really sensitive. You just want to create a really soft buffer. And that way you can get in there and you can really work it. And you can open up and you can find where it's all glunk, 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 glunk. Okay, well, if it feels not the same texture as the other areas, there's probably scar tissue in there. And then you can always take a break with your gua sha. Only need to do so much. And then you can go in and you can pump the armpits or you can go into some scar tissue and you can just really start thinking. I mean, scar tissue is just cross fibers. So you can soften the perimeter of a scar and then you can also press right on it. You can get in the middle of a scar and you can actually go all four directions with that scar. The only thing I want to tell you is if you just got a whole bunch of all your color out of your scars, because the colors of scars too, just there's so many things about scars that are so exposing, so sensitive. It's so much exposure and it's scary. But the thing that can happen say you get into a like, I'm digging on this and you're all empowered. <laughs> you might look down at your scar and it's red again because lactic acid is lifting out of there. Or if you really do some deep stuff and there was a lot of weakness in the tissue with the edema, you might have a couple bruises tomorrow. And then just don't wash all the bruise area and then keep working all around it because there's more areas to move. But in most medicines around the world, literally, because I'm really global in my study of medicine, in most cultures, they read bruising. So they're actually not afraid of bruising or pain. They're more like meet the pain, move the pain. And then they also are like the bruises tell you what kind of toxins were trapped in that tissue. So the more red and kind of like more raspberry or, you know, even looking like a hickey, those are all lactic acid. That's inflammation. And it'll go away in a couple of days. So it doesn't stay. But I just, if I'm going to tell you to gua sha a scar, I just want to prepare yourself or go slow enough where you're like, I don't want to bruise, then go a little slower. If you look up gua sha online, it's kind of whoa the amount of bruising i mean they'll bruise your entire back and then just read all your toxins in your body so you don't have to go that intense but that's how intense it's utilized so think about the amount of room that gives you <laughs> you kind of go for it if that's how deep they do it throughout time 
I just want to step into and just remind people that you don't want to be gua shaing on your scars until they're. I don't. What do you think, Dee? I mean, I tell people to not do cupping or really working like directly on scars for like a year. Like really let that scar heal before you're really going to dig in. Or do you think? Do you have something different yeah. to say? Around? Let's talk about where you might be in your scar. Yes, let's talk about that. Want to join in the conversation live with Deanna? Join her for Ask Deanna Anything every other Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Deanna Essentials YouTube channel. So I'm in total agreement. Really good you're backing up there. And I would say for the first year, some people heal way faster. So I think it really depends but you don't need to go straight into that scar. It's really about keeping the channels wide open because the way we make scars is through that immune system freaking out. You know, it got cut open. That in itself is exposing, going under the knife. And it may have really been affected in a big way. And so your immune system comes to your rescue with injury and also with foreign invaders. Injury is seen as a foreign invader. So the more that inflammation is sitting there, the longer it'll take for you to heal. And so, yeah, you don't need to be, when you're first out of like, say a surgery, it's more about anti-inflammatories all the way and just salt scrubbing once, you know, things are mended. You can even scrub your arms a little and leave the rest of the area alone. And you can just be massaging with oil. Maha Narayan oil is brilliant for making sure you don't scar. I have it at the Diana store, but at Maha Narayan, it smells like India and it just is so good for lymph and blood flow. Really, really good stuff. You could just do what they call Abhyanga. You could be doing oilination and you could be pumping your armpit and you could be watching your elbows and you could be moving down on your neck. The lymph does need rest to not scar. And I think that's a big thing that's not being told to someone when they come out of a surgery is like how much a difference it can be to rest, to not make scars. Really big deal. But you can move your lymph. You can do scrubs. You can move your lymph. You can even use a gua sha and go all around the scar tissue. I remember early healing with you, Molly. We went all around as soon as it was sealed up and looked really clean and no problem. It was about me tracking the whole area around and making sure the armpits and the flow was there and bringing the lower body into it, like making sure you're a whole body. You're exposed and traumatized in one region. And so a lot of times the lower limb will shut down a little. And so it's really keeping the whole body flowing. So your river's like, okay, I'm still good. I can heal. This is good. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point. I tend to have really low blood pressure. And so I tend to get a lot of just lymph buildup in my leg. From the surgery, I had my ovaries out too. And from the surgery and then just recovery. And I really feel like the one drug, the AIs that I was on, the time that I was on that, a lot of things shifted in my body, not necessarily in a good way. And I'm kind of trying to crawl back out of that since I've gone off that drug and just back onto tamoxifen. Because the tamoxifen wasn't so bad for me, but the AIs that I tried dried my tissues out. Like, I mean, just so many issues that I was like, okay, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay. And then finally, I was just like, I couldn't do it anymore. I just knew that it wasn't worth it anymore for what I was seeing happen in my body mm -hmm. from that. 
and especially because it was really for whatever reason that was really affecting my lymph and so I just felt like everything was just starting to get gunked up and my ankles were swollen and my knees were swollen and like I just couldn't move at all and so finally I'm kind of on the other side of that of really moving all that lymph but yeah the, the but it does take a lot of work I mean you did have to work hard oh yeah just as far as like getting people to move your lymph and having to like keep that in your life while you have two children <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so I just want to give you props and and give everybody the encouragement of like hey what 30 minutes a day can do is amazing you could do a salt scrub once a week 30 minute gua sha every day, whether it's over clothes, yeah. you know, and you just start going in there and just really detail yourself down. Yeah. You're watching your show at night. You can totally just be like doing this while you're watching. You can just do that. Somebody else brought up dry brushing and that's another great, gentle, easy thing. Before you put your clothes on in the morning, dry brush from your feet up and your arms down everybody towards those drains and that's just another little more gentle and that might help too with some of the people who have nerve issues like that's kind of a gentle one and it just kind of wakes up the skin yep feet to heart hands to heart yep just always and again you can go both directions when you're scrubbing or dry brushing and then you always work towards the heart in the end and that's a really big part. And yes, I like dry brushing. Some people after surgeries have a very hard time with dry brushing. The older your scar tissue, the more that dry brushing is good because it's a little prickly. So it's got a little bit of an irritation factor that builds blood flow to the area. Yeah. But if you have a lot of the nerve pain that is associated, I would say dry brushing is maybe going to put you on an edge more than help. Scrubs are good because they're oily. So I'm going to tell you one of my passive little tools because dry brushing is more passive, but it's also abrasive. So that's good, but grab some rocks from your yard. Maybe some rocks you collected from somewhere you went if you're one of those like me. <laughs> the darker the rock, the longer it holds heat and the more heat it holds. That's why we use dark basalt, but it doesn't matter because what I want you to do is you get these just a little warm. And this is one of the most amazing deep movers that is passive too. So you just put the rock here and you... So there is no scraping or opening up tissue or having that concern. We do listen to the rock. And if it sounds different, let's see, then we know there might be an obstruction. Oh, that changed. And you can just stay there and kind of open it. It is amazing how much these move the lymph. And it sounds louder, but when you feel that vibration and rocks meeting rocks on your tissue, it's like vibration to the bone. You're really getting all your tissues to just kind of give it up. And the muscles love to be met. They relax when they're met. And that's why they like some rocks on them or some weight or doing some percussion work. And these become your really easy percussion work. You Are know? those good on earlier, earlier on the scars, Dee? I like think after? this is like, yep. And that's why I brought them over. I was like, even if you're just scared and you're like, I don't know if I can use that scraper. I'm like, don't. <laughs> don't do anything that you're not wanting to do. Do the thing that sounds good today. Start there. Like if it sounded fun and you want to do it, 
it's probably the one that's going to help you and you chose it. So it's going to get you somewhere. But I really thought about this just for like the person who's in a lot of pain and maybe you even just need to get to the bone. Like maybe you need to get down into some core stuff about touching yourself, loving yourself. I may have not been through what you're going through, but I do know what it is to not love my body and to have body image issues my whole life. I've lost about 80 pounds since high school and I still struggle with my weight. It's just part of who I am. We all are somebody and that is me. (laughs) I'm like, take it or leave it. That's what my dad told me. (laughs) I'm going to listen to him. That was a good one. He's like, take it or leave it. People like you or they don't hang out with the ones who like you. I was like, wow, that that's smart information. But I know what it is to feel exposed in the world or to look in a way that is not what we have as these really horrific social norms. And I have been addressing that my whole life. And so I may have not been through what you have been through, but I have most definitely been through my own having to figure out how am I going to love myself? How am I going to touch myself? If I don't like what I see, How can I sculpt it into something different or how can I just enjoy it and become it more than this? Like, oh, oh gosh. So I just can't say enough about what it is to be able to respect yourself in the mirror and touch yourself and feel yourself and then start massaging yourself and see how you can change your piece of meat. How are you going to change your tissues and really empower you to take that on. It's a pretty powerful thing. It's just a matter of starting to do it. I help all kinds of people with this, including, for instance, women after they've had a C-section and they'll come in for treatment and I'll see the C-section because I do a lot of work on pelvic floors. I'll go anywhere on the human body. It all needs help. Whatever needs help, you know, let's go. And I'll see that. And then they'll just be like, oh, Deanna, please don't touch it. Don't touch it. And I'll say, oh, honey, now you really make me want to touch it. (laughs) Oh, I won't. I won't until you give me permission. But please, will you let me just put my hands there and love you? And then I get their hands. So then they cry and I have my hands on them. I'm not even gouache on nothing. I'm just holding, bearing witness to the vulnerability and the change of a body. And it's real. And it's your actual experience. And then I get them touching themselves and starting to say, touch that scar. It's okay. They'll say to me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. I haven't touched that area of my body in 20 years. That was 20 years ago. I have a 20 year old. And I'm just thinking, wow, that's like sacred space, man. We got to touch these areas. They're sacred. (laughs) They're connected to our intimacy and our pleasure. And our relation to our, how we identify is powerful stuff. I really encourage you to play with this idea and see what can help you. I'm looking at kind of the things in front of me and what else I want to tell you about. Because we've got plenty of time and maybe I'll even open up. So start thinking questions. I'm going to teach you a couple more tools. And then y'all get ready to ask me questions. The other tool is the handy hot water bottle because your tissue needs to be warm. So I wanna reiterate that. Your tissue needs to be warm to be able to make it pliable. If something's like caked onto a pan, we have to soak it in warm water. So just think about the melting and the breaking up of those fibers that are really gonna shift or like opening up and plumping up that lymph river. 
And so a hot water bottle is just brilliant because you can have one or maybe even two. And you know, you ever put a hot water bottle on your body? It is just like instant, like, <sighs> it's heavy and it's flowing. It's just heavenly. And I think these are not used enough. <laughs> and you can just warm up that tissue and you can let the weight of that water bottle just really breathe into it and meet your body and then let yourself surrender. And then you just take another deep breath and you just really meet the weight of those water bottles and then surrender on your exhale. You're preparing yourself. It's the first kind of tender preparation. And then maybe you could do some rock tapping with some oil, put some oil on there and do some rock tapping and just get a sense for like, I don't even feel that spot. And then you're like, oh, scar tissue hasn't how many feeling. And you can work with these. Then you could start picking up a gua sha and being like, let me look a little further. Let me go a little bit deeper. Let me see what this little investigator is going to find. And there is a little bit more to deal with when you start working with the gua sha. Because you're either going to be like really dry and maybe calcified because, you know, that's one of the things that happens with not good healing. If you were dehydrated when you healed, your chances of having calcification are really high. And that with the gua sha is going to feel like this. You're going to go in, it's going to go. It's like you're in gravel. And whenever you find that, and you might find it around scars too, little gravelly bits that you couldn't feel with your finger. And now you can feel it with this wall and you want to liquefy that. You want to get a bunch of blood flow in there and you want to liquefy that. Calcium is very cold, so it needs warmth to liquefy and then our tissues actually absorb it. So there's not even anything to do other than get it liquid so you can absorb that calcium. I tried to come to your rescue, but now it's just sitting there unutilized. So you might find calcification gravelly bits with this. You might also find like where you're in your armpit and maybe there were a few lymph nodes. This is the most common region to get those lymph nodes removed because there's hundreds in that region, but it is the most common. So if they did take out a trine or multiple trines of those lymph nodes, because they run in trines, then you might go in there and all of a sudden you find like a rubber band and you're all doing, doing, doing. And you're like, what the heck is that? And know that those are what's called adhesions. Adhesions are like spindly little scar tissue that was looking for security. And instead of making a ball of scar tissue or a mounded scar, it made a little web and attached to your bone. So like it'll be attached to like your shoulder down into your armpit or your pec to your shoulder. And you'll find these little doing, 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 doing. And you're like, that doesn't feel like anything else in my body. Well, that's all just fascia, fat cells. That is fat cells. You can melt fat, butter in a pan. <laughs> you can melt fat. So you can get that blood flow moving and open up the muscle and then it sweats through the skin and then you're detoxing your tissues. So these are just me trying to kind of open up a whole world. I'm going to let you know where I do other classes. So if you want to fill in any gaps, we decided to do an overview today. And then it, there's, I have all kinds of other classes where you can learn way more details about the lymph. I have one that's all about self-care tools. So how do you make a scrub? How do you make a steam? How do you do an enema? How do you do a douche? What are all these tools? How to use a gua sha? 
a lot of times people don't get into our flat groups until some people are there before, but a lot of people aren't there till after. And I just wish I could get them before they get into their surgeries and before and give them a lot of information that you gave me so many great tips leading into the surgery is why I think I had such a great outcome also. Visually, I'm not stoked on how the surgeon did, but as far as everything else and how things move, it is. But then, you know, I fall off the bandwagon. Like that's what happened, you know, through COVID and everything. I fell off the bandwagon and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, like all oh, this cold lymph just stuck in my arms, you know, and it's not necessarily lymphedema, but it's lymph. Like it's just like stuck there. And it was just building up. And like I said, my socks were just like cutting off my ankles and everything. And I was like, okay, I got to get back on. So I know these tools. I forget to use them. Life catches up and then I get back on it again. And then, then that's what amazes me too, is I get back on it again and I see the results. Again, I can turn it around. But once we've had the mastectomy and lost lymph nodes, we have to do some bit of manual. You kind of have to help your body do it because it's gotten all these blockages now in pathways and in its river. We should be doing that anyway. Like we should be absolutely being taught the importance of self-massage. Yeah. And how to address the tissues that are what we see. We really can change them. There's a lot we can do. Yeah. So let me see what else. I have some oils in front of me. Maybe I'll kind of take a moment. Is there any main questions? Yeah. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. Let's do questions and then I'll go into essential oils after okay. that. Okay, Agalia was talking about, she's eight months out from her surgery. She has scars. It sounds like her scars are all the way across. And in some spots they're purple and in some spots they're white. And she was wondering if you had anything to say about that. Okay. So purple is what we look for. Like I was talking about that bruising earlier and that's showing stagnation. So that's what we call kapha. Kapha is water earth. So there's a, there's a mud, water earth makes mud when it's stagnant. So that means that there are some areas where there just isn't any blood flow getting to that area. You may not want to go right on top of that since you're at eight months. You don't want to go right on the scar, but I really would look above it. I would look below it. And I would really wonder if you need your armpit and your drain opened up a little bit more to see that shift. The other thing that is really good for that is frankincense essential oil. I didn't even pull that one, but frankincense is brilliant for inflammation and stagnation. It really helps with skin color discoloration. And then the white is not unlike that, but it just means it's an area where there's one of two things. One is there could be that there's not blood flow getting to that area. So like one of them's kind of more wet and purple and the other area that's white is got scar tissue underneath. So that would be my concern in the situation is wherever I see more white is where I know the person is starting to bind up and constrict and scar tissue is cold and it doesn't really have color. So that's one of the things I look for. If you're eight months out, don't gua sha, but you can touch that. You can soften the perimeters of it. And you can touch it and you can pump on it and you could rock tap on that. And you could do that for the purple or the white. 
But I really would say, hey, it'd be kind of cool for you to move your lymph, open your drain, move all around that scar and see how much of that color you can get out of there. Because that's basically what I do a lot with body work is look for all those different variations and then shift it all or smooth it all out. But the white usually tells me there's scar tissue. The only other thing I think of that does go into the essential oils, if there's scar tissue, there's two, there's a couple oils that are brilliant for scar tissue. One is cypress essential oil, not blue, but just straight cypress. And you do six drops twice a day, just directly on the region of the scars. Essential oils do go right into your bloodstream. They're transdermal. I sell cypress. So, you know, you're getting clinical grade. You don't want to overuse it. Essential oils are, you know, I always say respect the drop. There's a lot of medicine in one drop of essential oil, but cypress would be the go-to that also is really good for stagnation. So I feel like frankincense and cypress could be of great use here. I just want to add, I'll add on that on essential oils. Like there's lots of essential oils on the market. And when you're really using them medically, you want to make sure you're getting a very good therapeutic grade essential oil. Cause there's just, there's so much contamination in essential oils and they can be expensive. Different varieties are more expensive than others, but I've had amazing results with that too. When I first got diagnosed, Deanna was like, frankincense, this is going to be your best friend. And I don't know if other people had that, but when we folks who went through chemo, right? When your hair follicles all die and stuff, you get little like pimples or boils. Um, I would get a lot of those and man, frankincense essential oil. As soon as the spot would go red, I would put a drop of essential oil on it and I never had any get worse. It just healed them up immediately. So they can be magic. Essential oils can really be magic, but it's really important, very important to use high grade because some of them can be contaminated with chemicals and just not even what they say they are because it still smells. And if you don't really know, you, you don't know that what you're getting isn't even like a real essential oil. So. And I need to know their fair trade. It's farmers around the world. Yeah. I want to make sure they're paid. So I do, you know, fair trade specifically. It's, it's a pretty important thing in the world of essential oils because it takes acres and acres to make these plants, to grow the amount of plant needed. They're yeah. so concentrated, you know, it really takes a lot of, I used to, when I first started getting into herbal medicine, I wasn't really into essential oils that much because I was like, that's crazy. Like this whole room full of rose petals for like this much rose essential oil, like that's nuts. But then as my eyes got opened more and more, I just, the judicious use of essential oils and like Deanna says, respecting the drop, they can turn things around. We had once my daughter was in the hospital with crazy inflammation because she had an infection from a skull surgery. And they were telling me I was going to be in the hospital for weeks. And I called Deanna up. I was like, Dee, I got to get her inflammation markers down or they're like never going to let us out of the hospital. And she had a student who was heading down to the city where I was with my daughter in the hospital. And she brought me an essential oil blend to bring the inflammation down. And we were doing some diet stuff with her too. But... We started putting the drops on her. And in two days, they're like, huh, your inflammation's down. Like they were telling me I was gonna be in there for so long because the way her inflammation was showing from the infection. And within a couple of days, they're like, wow, okay. We're almost down into normal levels there, so. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> this is My Body a conversation situated at the intersection of elemental science, self-care, ancient arts, and consent. 
Deanna Batdorf is your guide. 